on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Summer edition. I'm Jamie Strite, sitting in for Billy Herring, and I'm joined in the studio tonight by some of our regular panellists in the shape of Darren Burrows. Good evening. How are you, sir? I'm all good, thanks, Jamie. Good, good, good. Uh, looking forward to some test match action later in the summer? I'd, I'd like to uh, think that a couple of days' cricket will uh, keep uh, winding away the days before the, the real staff starts in the uh the Football League too. That's right. Well, not too long to wait this time because uh, early kickoff this season, gentlemen. And also in the house tonight, we can welcome the Quizmaster General, Trevor Singfield. How are you, fella? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, Jamie. All good, yeah. You're good. Now, those questions last week, they can only be described as brutal. And uh, you're going to find a few more victims tonight, I should think. Yeah, these victims are not sitting too far away. So uh, I've, I've got a little bit of a, a screen so Darren can't cheat. And uh, well, I think... You've done very well last year, Jamie, didn't you? Yeah. Got pipped in the final, do you remember? Yes, I, I did get pipped in the final by uh, Julian Lillington, who doesn't like to mention it. No, much. I don't suppose he does, does <laughs> no, he? not at all. But I, I have to say, by listening to what went on last week, poor old Davis Watson, he certainly copped some really tough ones. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that later on in the show. OK, so moving swiftly on, it's time to get stuck into tonight's interview. Martin Ling has just returned from a trip to the United States and Steve Tung caught up with him for a quick chat. Well, Martin, thanks for your time. Um, we gather you've been in the United States on a, on a fact-finding mission. Uh, what was the purpose of all that? Yeah, it's a, it's a trip that I make uh, each year at the end of each season. Uh, goes to Boston. Uh, I've not done it for... Uh, Three, it's the first time in three years because of COVID. It's just a time for uh, uh, myself, Mark Devlin, who's obviously new into the club, and Nigel to have four or five days together where uh, we can get an awful lot more work done by being there in person, but also to Nigel to spoil us a little bit, if I'm totally honest, by turning us out for nice meals and, and, and we... We went and see uh, the inner workings of the Gillette Stadium for concessions, except for Mark and I had a meeting with the New England uh, Revolution and uh, the, the Patriots were there and to see their facilities. And we also had a, 
a fact-finding mission at Fenway, which is amazing. You know, it's in a stadium that Boston Red Sox play in. Uh, it's got a lot of history, and to get into the inner inner, uh, inner sanctum and even onto the the diamond, as they call it, uh, there was 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 special. So yeah, it, it, it was a good trip. But the main thing is, you know, to go through our year. Uh, me to get to know Mark a little bit better, Mark to get to know me a little bit better, and Nigel to be in the middle of that to make sure everything's functioning on the football side, uh, on this side of the pond, as they say. All right. We always had the impression that American sport and certainly soccer when they started was a bit ahead of us in terms of marketing and so on. Is is that still the case, do you think? Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, I don't know a lot about concessions, but some of the stuff they were showing us in terms of our... You know they can put ten drinks in 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 the machine and it, 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 a price comes up and you put your credit card in. It's they're ahead of us in that type of stuff. They they you know the, the football soccer. I would say, if I'm honest, is still a little bit behind us in terms of quality. But in terms of facilities, they've got the space, haven't they? America's got the space, so facilities were to die for. We can only dream about that type of training ground and and, and stadium. But the be all and end all. It, just to see how them operations work. And obviously with Nigel uh, being as important as he is, uh, it gets you into places that you don't normally get into. So that that, that is that is special. So uh, yeah, I enjoy the time. You come back, uh, the, the right word is knackered, even though I know it is that because obviously you've been on the go for five continuous days and then uh, then you've got to find, try and find that body clock. So the weekend was trying to find the body clock. I come back into work yesterday uh, and obviously five days without going on email very much and, and, and the rest is, is, is catch up time. So that, that's the reason I'm in the office today and tomorrow as well uh, before we go into this, uh, this, this, uh, this weekend's uh, celebrations. And marketing, of course, it's a big summer for us with the, the naming rights of the stadium. How, how is that progressing? Yeah, I think and you're asking the wrong person. Uh, that, I know that, the, you know, there was talk of, of where it's going to go and how it's going to do, but I don't know the in, in, ins and out, outs of it. I know it's an important uh, part that the stadium needs a, a, naming, a naming rights partner. Uh, yeah, and, and again, it's it's over to the commercial stroke, uh, Mark as a CEO, to, to pull that together. So I know it's progressing nicely. I, don't, I can't give you much more than that, because if I'm honest with you, I, I don't know much more than that, to be blunt. Fair enough. Well, part of your uh, your remit is obviously the football camps as well. Are they still going ahead in, in the States and elsewhere? Yeah, yeah, first time in three years uh, that the camps... Uh, we start on the 8th of August uh, in Vermont. Uh, then the following week, we do a place called East Fishkill, which is, up, which is upstate New York. And our last one is is a, a new one. It's a place called Juliet, and it's Juliet Slammer. Uh, they're a baseball team, and you're going to be actually doing it on the baseball field, and, and that's in Illinois. So them, them three are going ahead. And again, first time for three years. Uh, two of them are new. East Fishkill, it's been pretty consistent all the time we've done it, but we've got three camps out there. We've got a camp in, in, in Denmark in July uh, that goes ahead. So, yeah, that's all that's all progressing nicely. It's nice to get that money stream back in because it's been missing for them for years because it's something that, you know, it's a part of football and I look after it. You know, I don't 
do all the organisation of it, but I oversee everything, including the finances of it. So it'd be nice to put a plus figure in a column rather than a minus because of COVID. And what are the main benefits of those camps, do you feel? Well, one is spreading the word. So we've, we've found when we've done, wherever we've done camps previously, we end up with a group of streamers from, from, from that area. Uh, so that's the big thing, really, is spreading the news. There's also the, the fact if there's anything, uh, any, anything of, 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 of talent uh, that we could look at, they need to have dual passports for that to be the case because you can't fetch them over just if they're American. So it ain't really, you know, if we found a, a gem, and, and now the European passport, there may be something in that, but it's more to do with spreading the, spreading the word of late and all in, and, and by the streaming figures, it proves by if you go there in person and do it and they become attached to you and the badge, it does hook people because, you know, most people will, will you know, when we're playing on three o'clock on a Saturday, they can watch it in, in, in America, whereas it, here we can't at this moment in time. So, yeah, it's, it's just about spreading... Spreading the brand of Leighton Orient and, 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 you know, the fact when we first muted this, I felt it was maybe a little bit of a pie in the sky at the time, but it's, it's come off really, really nicely. And we're hoping to get up eventually to the six weeks holidays to have six week, six week camps all over America. We're halfway there now with three. Uh, yeah. And it's, and if I'm honest with you, it, it's productive financially. You know, the Americans play. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of dollar for the, for the camps, a lot more than the English would do. Uh, the, 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 it's just how they, it's just how it is. And if it's a professional uh, football club from London, we have to make sure the product's good. And because we're small, we make sure the product's extra special. So people like Steve Embleton, Liam Embleton, we who are the two that lead it. And then we normally go with three of our uh, academy coaches out there, and Olivia, female. She goes out as a female coach, so yeah, we 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 chuck everything at it, but it's it's, it's a it's to spread the brand, but it's also uh, a PNL to make figures in the P. Oh, that's good. And uh, you saw Nigel, as you said, Did, was there much talk about the season gone and, and what a strange old season it was? Yeah, I mean, we 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 always we always look back. Uh, and and pick through the season and pick where we feel that we made mistakes because if anyone who's ever done any job doesn't feel they've done a, a an honest I mean a, a, a made mistakes during a season then then they're wrong uh, but also looking at how we how we could do we always look at what we could do better what was done well where we are now. Uh, and we seem like we feel like we're in a good place with with Richie coming in obviously, we was all shocked uh, about Kenny not working because it looked like the perfect appointment. Uh, and I think everybody at the time felt it was that way, but it didn't work for, for whatever reason. Uh, but sometimes in life, you have to make difficult calls, you know, and, and obviously I'm part and parcel of the difficult calls and, 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 and to, to relieve Kenny of his duties with all his experience was a difficult call. But I think with what Richie's done since that's happened and with Matt Howard, uh, Brian Simon, Simon Royce for the little bit as well, which proved to be the right decision. Well, looking at what's happened since, um, I'm sure most supporters most interested in comings and goings and contracts. So the first announcement you were able to make was was Tom James' new contract. Uh, was that a fairly straightforward one? Yeah, no, it wasn't, to be honest. I mean, it was... Richie, we talked about... 
we had at the time we had 18 players that were, were contracted for next year. So we talked about them eight, 18 players, and if there's any of them players that we feel need to go out on loan, or Richie didn't fancy fully and and maybe uh, do something with, and then Richie said the three main uh, players that that we'd be offering contracts to, he feels to get over the line would be James Satorio and Archibald. Uh, we've got to be careful what we say about Archibald because he ain't our player. He's Lincoln's player. Uh, but they were the three. And then there were seven other contracts for important people like Darren Prattley had a, a, a clause that kicks in. Adam Thompson had a clause that, that's kicked in. And then we had the uh, six young lads. We took three out of the youth team through and we'd already had three. And then or four through actually from the youth team. And then Burning Young, we felt deserved another year each. So, yeah, but we all know the clamour for James, Satoru and Archibald. We ain't stupid. We watched the games. So, yeah, Tom Tom was a, a real benefit. And I think we're lucky. The fact that he got injured at Christmas, if I'm totally honest, is that they took him out of the firing line because he was absolutely outstanding, I felt, for the first four months of the season. Uh, and it was no coincidence that our form started to dip when he got injured. I think that was part of it. I think we lost uh, down the right side. We lost a supply line, a goal scoring line from right back as well. So yeah, he was massive to get over the line. And Tom was very keen uh, to be part of where we're going because the club's moving in the right direction. People will struggle, and I and I have. We've not the disappointment, and one of the things we looked at is not yet to be really in the running of the top seven in League Two. We sort of touched on the outside of it a couple of times, but never really got amongst it. And obviously, it's easy to say that's the aim, but that's the aim. There was a six-year plan put in process when we first took over. Uh, we're five years into that, and the, and, and, and the six-year plan was to be back in League One. So uh, it doesn't show, it doesn't need the rocket scientists to work out what we are hoping to do this year. And you got to rule over the line as well, which was a, a, a good one for number two. Yeah, I mean, rules. Uh, I've known Rule. I've seen him for the last five years. When I come in, he was a 16-year-old, but he's been in the club since he was 13. Uh, had a, a, an absolutely wonderful time uh, with Richie. Uh, we all felt, and I, and I do believe this to be true, that another two years here, and then we won't be able to hold on to him uh, if, he, if he continues in the vein that he's done. So, yeah, to get him over the line, you know, one of our, one of the lads who's come through the system but has proved that he can do it at first team level. The first person to really give him a, a, a run of games was Richie. Uh, Kenny didn't really pick him or did very, very often put him on. He was a bit of a bit part player under Ross. Uh, so Richie gave him his give him his head and, and and obviously he took the opportunity well and we're really pleased and excited about what what he could bring over the next two years. And there's probably that little bit of camaraderie among players like that and and Hector and the others of that generation when they come through together, isn't it? Yeah, I mean next year we're probably going to be about thirty players, which is the highest we've ever been. But that's because we've took six six out of out of the academy this year. Uh, to go with the people uh, of previously. I mean, I think we should, you know, tip our hat off to our academy. I mean, we had 726 appearances last year in our first team from academy players. I'm not sure there's anyone in the country that can, can mention them figures, but 726. Uh, obviously, next year we're going to have uh, about a dozen of the 30 that have come through our academy. 
and and you know it, it's the work that it's really because it's really pleasing because we took over we kept the academy going for the first year in the national league we we put a lot more money into it the second year because we had to but if we went out of the league our academy would probably be shut because that's because it, we, you can't run it because you don't get no funding they just you just sort of go in the in the abyss and so that i think that getting up at the national league was obviously important for the first team but it was also very important from our academy and yeah they do have a bond and they do know each other and they know what we, they know what our values are because they've been built in since the age of you know they, we get the kids as young as nine but you know certainly most of them players would been there from 12 upwards so Tom James and Rule over the line, and what's the latest on Theo? Which, as you say, is a bit more complicated yeah. since he can't go back to Lincoln. Yeah, Theo's uh, been made uh, an offer to, to remain with us. Uh, it, there has been initial talks with Lincoln in terms of uh, we would we would be interested. There's obviously more interest part interested parties than us, uh, but. Everything I hear of Theo and, and, and what the club have done is positive so far. Uh, and it's another one that, you know, you can't make anybody sign, but you can, you, you, we can, we can talk to them. We can to show them what they're about. It's, it's easier to tell what the club's about with someone who's been at the club because they know what we're about. We, we provide uh, everything that a player needs to be successful. Uh, and I think Theo enjoyed his time here. You know, it ain't. It's not a done deal. It isn't a done deal because I didn't announce it that it was. But it, it, it's in the melting pot. Uh, but it's something that we're pushing hard to to get over the line. Because uh, I would like him to. I, he, he excites me. He also frustrates me. If I'm honest with you, and I've told him this, he had ten bookings last year and not one of them for a tackle. Uh, so he's got that edge to him. But sometimes, as a player, you need that. You do need that, but it's got to be controlled, and and and, and he, he needs to control that. But uh, yeah, at this moment in time, he's still Lincoln's player. But yeah, the, the, the fans can rest assured that we're doing everything in our powers to make him a late Norman player and not a Lincoln player. Okay, well, fingers crossed on that. And um, despite all that, is it a comparatively quiet time at the club? People away, the manager away, for instance, at the time. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah, it, it is, but not for me. I, you know, my busiest three months, if I'm honest with you, or four months, is May, June, Ju July, and August. They are. Uh, I'm very happy when the 31st of August comes, and we've got, we've got the, the squad set because, I mean, you don't know. What happens tomorrow? You know, there could be a phone call for one of your players. There could be, you know, there could be a, a multitude of situations. But obviously, this time is about re reviewing and reflecting, but also put put the best possible. I mean, which is very, very happy with the squad. You know, what I mean, we don't need a lot of change. I mean, I think defensively and forward wise, we we would probably say we're pretty well set uh, if we get Theo over the line. Uh, and the other area where we feel we need a little bit of improvement is in midfield, and 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 that's being looked at from the outside, rather than the inside. Good, and we know pretty much, with one exception, the clubs will be up against next season. Solihull or Grimsby. I remember Richie saying that ideally you probably want to be playing against the clubs with the smallest budgets, um, which I guess would mean Solihull, would it? Would they, with their resources and their very small crowds? Well, we look, we look at it two ways, and don't we? There's, we ain't, no one's naive enough knowing that we didn't really want Wrexham to come up, you know, because they would have blown everyone out of the water with finances. I think Stockport 
uh, are just as dangerous in that respect in terms of the size of their budgets that they work with. But I look at it in twofold. I look at it, uh, smallest budget and the easiest to get to. So, you know, in terms of a, a, a trip. So if I'm cheering anyone on Saturday or Sunday, it'd be solely old. I've got to be careful what I say because my, my boy, Sam's best mate, is Jordan Maguire Drew, who's obviously at, uh, at Grimsby. So I think we're going to go to the game at the London Stadium. Uh, but I see that Jordan was an unused sub in the semi final. So, uh, yeah, whatever happens. Uh, it, I think either Grimsby or Solio is better than Wrexham is, is my honest answer to you uh, if, if, which one it'll be out of them so uh, you know it, it, everyone looks at possibly being Grimsby because they're the bigger name but I think that Solio was finished the higher in the league so I think Solio were slight favourites uh, I watched the Grimsby game against Wrexham uh, the five-four game, and it was exciting, but it, it, it was it was also a good result for us. I feel in the in the long run. Absolutely, but how does that work in in League Two now? Wrexham, a club like Wrexham, with the, all their resources, they can't just spend however much they want at, at League Two these days, can they? Uh, you get a leeway. There's a leeway. So it's a bit like the parachute payment from the. Uh, out of Premier into into the into the uh, Championship. Uh, you would get you get a leeway period to level out your finances, so it wouldn't it instantly, if I'm honest. But there there is yeah there is white uh, once you there ain't no wage structures in, in 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 national league, and there is wage structures in league two and league one or the football league. But it, you do get you can't just say to a player that signed a three year contract, you, oh you've got us up now, you got to go because you're on too much money. So you have to put a a leeway clause in there uh, of, of our and, and I remember going through that ourselves when we come up. You know, there was there was uh, criteria you have to meet, but you do get time to to do that, and rightly so because you, you say you got, you've got to level off. But yeah, the, some of the money, you know, some of the money I'm hearing about in the in the in the national league uh, with Wrexham and Stockport mainly, and, and 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 you know, I think we got out at the right time. If I'm totally honest, you know, I look at Wrexham. And sometimes we, you know, I said at the start of this sentence about getting back to League One, you know, and then I look at the other the other side of the coin, and you could be Wrexham that's been stuck in there for 15 years. That's a bigger club than us. It's a it's a goddamn difficult league to get out of. I've, I said at the time, and I say it again, I think the National League is harder to get out of than League Two, but we haven't managed to do the second part of that equation. But I do still believe that, and I think it's getting harder and harder as as as, as, as the teams go in there, and it's just. It's just, it's just. There's only two teams that are part time in the national league now, so it ain't part time football. It's full time football, and it's a fifth division, and a fifth division where an awful lot of money was spent last year. And you've said in the past, I think that we'd be around the top eight in terms of budgets in, in League Two. Would, would that apply again? We hope. Yeah, I mean, I always split into three groups of eight: top, top, middle, and bottom. And yeah, we will be in the top eight. Uh, we won't be in the top four, in my opinion, uh, but somewhere between five and eight is where we 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 tend to filter in. And whenever I say with between five and eight, you know, if you've got a fifth to eight budget, I feel that you can you can obtain one, two, or three. You know, is the dream, uh, or, or worst ways four, five, six, or seven for the playoffs. But uh, yeah, we've we've had three years. Uh, as I say, sort of touched on it a couple of times. Uh, you know, early part of this season we was in there. We, back end of, of, of or middle of the Rossi season, we sort of 
flirted with a little bit, but we've never stayed in there consistently, you know, through through a period, and uh, and and that's the aim for, as I said earlier on, for this season going forward. And just a few more thoughts about what is coming up. I think it's only three weeks now and until the fixtures come out. Um, how, how does that work? Are you still given a provisional schedule that you can you can object to if we're suddenly at Hartlepool on Boxing Day or something before it's all revised? No, it's, it, once it's done, it's done. Uh, it goes into the, the great computer, as they call it. You know, it's frightening. I've done for, no, the season finished on the was it the seventh or the eighth of May. Uh, I'm sitting here on the thirty first of May today, and then I'm thinking three weeks time we're back at the training ground. You know, I mean we're back in on the twentieth, which is the earliest I've, I've ever been in. In I mean I've been I've been involved forty forty years as the first of July, and I've never been back that early at any club. It's the fact that we start on the thirty uh, for of July. You know, and we still want to do a six-week program. And I mean, I'm moaning. How do the people that you know just played the playoff final on Saturday? It, it, but the turnaround is very quick. The players had seven weeks off, so it's enough time to uh, refresh. They would have they would have given a period of total uh, next to doing nothing, and then they would you do a what you do a closed season program nowadays. I mean, being a professional footballer is now a 52-week hobby job. You know, when as I say, when I played, it was a case of you got you finished the season, you went and put two stone on by getting drunk and and, and doing nothing, and then coming back and losing two stone before you started getting proper pre-season. That's a bit of a loose description, but that's what you know. Pre-season now is, is you you have a post-season where players are you know I, I know for a fact we come back and all the players will be weighed on the first day back and, and I can guarantee you every single one of them would be under the weight that they was given when they went away because they just look after themselves in a different way. I just look at, <clears throat> you know, if I look at an example of, uh, again, bringing Sam's name into it, but watch what he's doing. He's had his holiday. Now, he, now he's working in the gym, uh, ready to go. They have a week after us. They're the 27th back, but the be on end of this, you're, you are a professional footballer. As I say, it's a 52-week uh, job now and should be you know you get paid 52 weeks of the year uh, but you've got to be careful you don't get burnt out as well so you've got to, you've got to adjust that and that's where the, the sports science comes in and the modern technologies and, and, and we have to listen to them people who design the pre-season and close season programme So they'll only have been back about three days before that first game at Haringey and, and then off to um, off to Portugal as well uh, but what, what are the benefits of a a big trip away like that for a week abroad. Yeah, well, the Aaron game is 11 days after we come back, actually. We come back on the 20th and the Aaron is on the Friday before we go. That would be totally everyone playing 45 minutes. And and it's it's a bit like me going to Boston to see Nigel pre-season abroad as you get everyone together. You can put a lot, because you're under, under, they're under your lock and key uh, for, for 24 hours of seven days. It gives you an awful lot more you can do. Uh, we're going to be playing a couple of games out there. I don't think anything's fully confirmed yet. Paul Terry's looking after that. Two games out in in, in Portugal, but uh, we've done a we've done a pre-season trip three out of five years. Obviously, again, COVID has restricted us on the last. We went to Scotland last year, so we still did a trip as such. Uh, it's important. It's important for people to get it. You know, a lot of times we ain't going to have a bigger change around in our squad. But if you are having change around, people getting to know each other. And also, people don't really know Richie that well. You know, he's only been here for 13 games. 
I know there was an awful lot of stuff that we've talked about in what he's looking to do. Excuse me, I just have a slurp of coffee. Uh, yeah, what what he's looking to do now, you know, he, he, he put components into the team, but the game's coming in pretty thick and fast, and he feels that he he knows that he can put, you know, seven weeks, you know, or six weeks pre-season allows you to put a lot more process into how you want your team to play. It's about getting fit, but it's also the, the fact of putting a, a strategy, a philosophy across. And uh, as I say, Richie's got some really, really bright and, 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 and good ideas. You know, he, he's a bright young manager, as I call it. He reminds me... Uh, I suppose I'm going to say myself in, the, in terms of that he sort of come in at Oldham as a player, then become youth coach and was manager very quickly. So he, he would be the first to say that, you know, Oldham, Swindon and Salford and Doncaster, he was still learning. Uh, but he has got a promotion in, on his CV with Swindon. Uh, but look, he's got, he's got, I'm really excited. I go to the training ground being excited. There's a, there's a you know, there's certainly at the end of last season, there was a buzz around the training ground. Uh, there was a there was a the, a vibe that re really really impressed me. Uh, you know, I go over there a couple of days a week, and then I, I spend a couple of days a week in my office, which I'm in now, at the ground. So, but when I go over there, yeah, there's a definite vibe. There's a definite uh, process of of what he wants to happen and how he wants, and some of that's done through video nowadays, analysis and everything. So, yeah, it, we've got exciting times ahead, and we've got a young, vibrant uh, manager that I feel can get us to where we keep saying we want to get to, which is that top seven. Very good to hear. And as you say, a bit, very early start. And of course, a, a very strange season, which you certainly won't have experienced before with a, with a World Cup in the middle of it, the end of November. Yeah, I don't quite understand why we're, why we're starting early, because we don't stop. <laughs> it's, it, we, don't, we haven't got a break. Uh, other clubs have got a break. I think it's to do, something to do with the Carabao and the, and the FA Cup. Uh, if I'm honest, yeah, and it, and to sit down and watch a World Cup in the middle of a season, why the season's still going on, is going to be really strange. Uh, you know, it's it's something that again, it's it's new on us all. I suppose it's the only way it could be played where it's being played because of the because of the weather. Uh, but it being yeah, because the Premier League shuts down, doesn't it? You know, and 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 so. Uh, well, I think why, one of the things we're sort of looking at is that why the vibe the vibe of the World Cup is going on. The people who hasn't gone out to watch it might want to go and watch a game of football when the World Cup's not on. So they might just pop into Orient and we, you know, we'd be more than well to have them to come and watch us. And, and that's how we we sometimes get... Well, I know for a fact that people that come here that, that, that visit some of the big clubs know how intimate and, and how close you can get to the inner sanctum of our place that, that fetches them back, especially with young children. So that's, you know, it's one of the things we've looked at. That's me talking commercially. It ain't my expertise, but I do listen in all these meetings of, you know, other people's roles and responsibilities at the job and, and, and taking into account of how well the, the other parts of the club are working. Oh, yes. No, no. Great opportunity, clearly. And a great time for optimism. Martin, good luck with those remaining one or two contracts and any new signings. And thanks very much, as ever, for your time. All the best. Thanks very much. Well, there you have it. A big thanks to the walking football legend, that is Steve Tung, for bringing that interview to us. And a big thanks to Martin Ling for taking time out to have a chat to the Orient Hour this time around. Okay, gentlemen, let's have a little uh, quick look at that interview. Uh, Darren, uh, Ling in full director of football mode there. What did you take from that? 
Well, I took a couple of uh, interesting things. Um, didn't know about Thompson, for example. No. no. Um, I also, uh, we were just chatting, weren't we? And we, we all agreed that the, is it 727, Trev? Was it appearances? Yeah, it's, it's definitely the, over 700. He says 727, 726, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I took away the, the, the camps, the, the why they're doing it. I think it was quite informative that what they're trying to achieve, and it's a PNL, and I get, I get that. I'm from a business background, so I understand that. Um, positive. I thought Martin spoke well today. Yeah, he normally comes across quite well when he's uh, interviewed. Uh, I don't think he shirked anything there, but I, I make you right about the, 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 the soccer camps. If you look at it, if you get a thousand overseas subscribers paying 10, 10 quid a every other week that's quite a big wedge coming into the club so you can see why the, the uh, revenue stream is quite important from there um, you, do you think he's doing a good job in your eyes? Yeah I think he does uh, a very good job I think when me and Lee were on here together Lee stuck up for him as well I, I, he, he often takes the can when it's all going wrong and uh, we, we described his demeanour when it does go wrong that you can see the stress in him it, obviously his football career spanned a, a long time, and a long time that's at Leighton Orient. So, like all of us, we have a passion for it. I mean, he he gets paid to go there; we pay to go. But he's still got a passion for Leighton Orient Football Club, and you can see that. So, he does carry the can when it goes wrong. But then the people who want to have a little dig at him forget that he got Tom James and Theo Archibald and. Everybody wants him to sign, you know. So, overall, if you take a good step back and look what he does for the football club, he does it very well. The, the, the point about getting around the table and going over where the club can improve was quite interesting. Where do you think that could be? Uh, areas for improvement. Um, well, f first of all, I think the naming rights is, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, it's integral. Today, so I think that that's coming through. I think other areas the club could improve is. Um, I'm a big advocate of a, a loyalty system for tickets. They still need to make improvements to the ticketing. I've done my season tickets, Jamie, via the post. Maybe that says more about my IT skills than it does uh, anything else. I still think there's improvements to be made there. But the biggest improvement of all has got to come on the pitch, hasn't it? Yeah. And 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 as football fans, we're not. Uh, Worried too much, I don't think, about does the tunnel work perfectly? Does the ticketing system drive us mad sometimes? What we really worry about is can we leave Brisbane Road at three o'clock, whilst it's still called Brisbane Road before we get a new name? Can we leave it at three or five o'clock with three points, a good performance, and an enjoyable day out of our, our family and our friends? Yeah, I think it's an integral part of the actual success of the club. I mean, they both go hand in hand, don't they? I mean, if you know, if everything's working fantastically well ticketing wise and the players are doing it on, well, on the it's, park it's as Trevor just said about Martin we don't grumble and moan do we when it's going the way we want it to go we, we grumble and moan when, when the team are on a bad run and that's when we start having a pop about the ticketing system and the tannoy and all those things yeah Trevor do you think uh, Devlin's review is you know, going to come up with anything earth shattering or I think it may well do I mean just from the, the rumour mill people have been relieved of certain duties in the ranks of football club um, 
I would like him to actually come actually on the show after his 100 days. I think we, we did say that. He was very good when he was on the show. Yeah, definitely. I think you interviewed him, didn't you? I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, he's, he's obviously a breath of fresh air for the club. Um, I think some stuff will come up for sure. I mean, because it's, it's, it's his club now. It's not Danny Macklin anymore. It's now going to be him. I mean, he comes with a good reputation going forward. Yes, what he may come up with, I've really got no ideas, but um, I'm, I'm with Darren. He's, everything does go hand in hand, and your crowds go up when you play decent football. Your crowds go down when you're rubbish, and you, you can give as many tickets away as you like. It still doesn't get bums on seats unless you're playing attacking football, I'm afraid. Yeah. Darren, we looked, uh, heard that Martin's talked about a, uh, a squad of around 30. It doesn't appear that we're bringing many in. Would you be happy with that? I think what was the more, if you don't mind me saying, Jamie, the more, more sort of salient point was that we all recognise you'd need a, to be an absolute idiot not to recognise that our problem last season was midfield. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that six of those squad are going to be pretty much all youth team players, um, uh, that allows them to take a squad of 30 within a budget, I would, I would imagine. I'm, I'm not the accountant orient. Um, but that's that's why I think the squad's going to go that big, and, and with with six youth team players plus the guys we've already got that have come through the youth, such as Oggy, such as Hector, such as um, uh, Real Saturio, I think that bodes well, Jamie. I think I think a bigger squad based on that is is the right way. Yeah, and also I'd say that if you're going to have at least a 50 game campaign, you're going to need a, a squad with some depth in it. You know, if you lose one or two of your big players, someone's got to step up. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely true. But hopefully we, we get off to a winning start and get onto a good run. And then you can start bringing some of these younger players in and around the fringes into the team late on if you're two, three up and all that. And that can only be good because, like we said, we've had 720 performances from academy players. Average age, Darren told me, was like 25 last year, which is brilliant going forward. So if Wellens galvanised what he's got with... I think we do need an attacking midfield player, even though we've got lectures that they're not called that anymore or whatever, you know, from ex-pros. But the midfield definitely needs strengthening. And hopefully we go and have one of them seasons like when Russell Slade started off, he didn't change the team for the first 10 games. And you go pretty injury-free through the season because it can happen, can't it? You know what I mean? We were ravaged by injuries last year, so by the law of averages, let's hope we go injury-free for a while. Yeah, just saying, Dan, do you think that missing number eight, which he was talking about a few weeks ago, is the actual missing piece of the puzzle? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. The, the, you know, the, like I say, you'd have to be an absolute idiot and to, to not recognise where the problem was last season. I also think, picking up on a point of the bigger squad, that we play a lot of those... Um, Johnson Payne trophy games, don't we? Um, very early on in the season. Then you've got the League Cup very early on in the season. You've got you know, competition for places that, that you want straight off. And having a bigger squad, slightly bigger squad, particularly with those, those trophies as well, that gives players such as Reese Byrne, such as Matt uh, Young, that gives them a chance to go in play well and then all of a sudden they're on the bench all of a sudden someone does get injuries Trevor's rightly said we, we suffered last season I hope Trevor's right and we'll desperately hope he's right and that we don't suffer this season but the, way the, the pace the way the game is played now I, th- I think you need a bigger squad 
Yeah. So it's a squad game there, full stop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think the only other problem you could have with that is players not getting game time once the Papa John's and League Cup is over. Well, I think the fact that six of them are from the youth bodes well for for that harmony. Because you, you're right, you need to keep the, the, the you know there's always the other egotistical player that wants to know why he's not in the squad or the team, and and that they have to manage that as much as they do the coaching. Well, well the younger players wouldn't be expecting to get round the first team, would they? But if they can get near the bench for the the match day experiences, is 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 a benefit, isn't it? Yeah, I think we'll also see a few being loaned out, and it's also interesting to see our pre-season schedule against uh, the likes of Potters Bar and uh, Walthamstow, both. Uh, run by ex-Orient players at manager level so you might be able to get a few little uh, friendlies in between to keep a few people sharp in between mm. um, just going back to the, the streaming point of view can you see the day when the 3pm blackout comes to an end here and would you back it? I wouldn't back it no I could see it coming to the end though because money talks doesn't it and uh, Orient are streaming mad aren't they basically yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much with Trevor. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I wouldn't, I wouldn't go quite as far as I wouldn't back it. I would w- would be happy with a trial period, Trev, to see if it had an effect on crowds, as long as it was something staunch. The other thing with it, the streaming, is is um, it, it, I, I still worry a little bit about the effect it'll have on Tuesday night away games and us taking decent support. Yeah, but the only thing I'd say about that is if you, if you look at the price of fuel and the you know, the ongoing cost of living crisis, you just might get a, you know, a lot of even hardcore travelling fans like yourselves. You know, they're going to find it more of a more of a struggle to make yeah. those games, and maybe the option of a, a ten pound stream might just do both parties a favour in that respect. Yeah, yeah it may well do, but I, I think. I can only speak for my thing we, we pick and choose carefully where we go now because I really don't like out of town football stadiums like Colu and I quite like going for a few points like say Stockport which is going to be one of the best games this year where you can just wander to the stadium at your own free will and uh, you know so they'll be getting my money yeah definitely I 100% agree with that I just hope that you know hopefully things kind of settle down we make those trips to mm. Stockport and Walsall and everywhere else, you know, all these far-flung football outposts, and hopefully we'll be flying the red flag, the host <laughs> flag even. Uh, uh, right, OK, thank you, gentlemen. Now it's time to hand over to Trevor for the quiz. OK, well, let's see how we get on this week. We, we, we have to look at the clock with you two gentlemen, so not too many ums and ahs, please. So uh, which one of you want to go first? I don't mind. I'm going to put Darren into bat. There. Oh, well done, well <laughs> done. OK, Darren, first of all, you've got to choose a decade. Sort of what have you got, Trev? I've got 60s, 70s, 80s, then it goes to the 90s, the 10s, the 11s. Where are we going? I'll, tell, I'll go with the 10s. 10s, 10s, 10s. Brave okay. man, Ned. Okay, now you've got to choose a number. Uh, six? Six. Yeah, okay, we're straight in. Right. You have chosen 2009, 2010. So where's your lap on that? Right, okay. <laughs> Off we go. So, what position did we finish in 2009-10? And you get a bonus point if you tell me who the title winners were. I have no idea, uh, so I'm going to guess uh, well, that idea. We, we, we finished um, ninth. No, we finished 17th, though. And do you want to have a go for the title winners? In 2009 um, I'm going to go with um, 
Norwich. Yeah, you get a bonus point. Well played. Well done. I had that on mine. <laughs> so, okay, a couple of managers this year. Darren, who were they? Oh, too fair. Uh, well, I would guess that um, Russell would have been one of them. Yeah, that's one. George? George who? Oh, Welsh, Welsh George. <laughs> Welsh George. <laughs> George, George. Oh, what was his surname? Is that a Welsh name, George? <laughs> George Gwent Williams. Yes, well, well done. done. Well so, done. yeah, you got to get the full oh, point there. Welsh okay. George is in porridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, what colour was the kit and who were our sponsors? Do you get half a point for each? Well, a home kit? Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 red? <laughs> yeah, no, red's good. You got half a point for that. Uh, party poker? No. You've hit a post party casino. Oh. <laughs> Unlucky. How many games did we play in the FA Cup? And can you name the first round opponents? You get half a point for each. I would say we played two. Yeah, you're in. Uh, and the first round opponents. Oh. Sutton? No, we played Tranmere. The two games we played two to replay. We started off up at Prenton Park. Who won the FA Cup this season? 2019. 19. Um, Chelsea. Yeah. Who did they beat? Can you remember? Was it Villa? No, they beat Portsmouth. 1-0. No famous commentators to say 1-0. Okay, <laughs> question six. One for the teenagers there, John. Yeah. <laughs> what was the average league attendance at Brisbane Road, rounded up or down to the nearest 100? Half a point available if you're 100 out either side. And this bonus point available for naming the team we had the highest attendance against that season. I would say highest attendance, Leeds. Yes. And I would say 4-4. No, you're quite way out there, Damon. 4-9. You get a bonus point. You're doing doing really well. You're you're blowing some of the competition (laughs) away here, mate. Okay. In 2009-10, who was our biggest win against? Oh, our biggest win, 2009-10. Um, I would say uh, it was 4-0, and I would say um, Hartlepool. No, it was 5-0 against Bristol City. I can't even remember it. No. No, no funny, no. isn't it? You think a five game? Okay. Who was the top scorer this season? League goals only. And you get a bonus point for the correct amount of goals the striker would have scored. Uh, top scorer, striker, did you say? Well, it's a striker, yeah. Um, Adam Boyd? No, it wasn't. It was Scott McLeish. How many goals did he get? 14. No, got... I feel like I've got the answer. Oh, well, never mind. I got it wrong anyway. <laughs> I'm going to go and do my homework. <laughs> I think it was about eight months. I don't think we got... We didn't score many, did we? No, no. Yeah. Who was the goalkeeper who made the most appearances of that season? 2009, 2010. 2010. Oh, I have no idea, Trev. Um, who was in goal? 2009, 2010. Played quite a few games. <sighs> I'll say Poiled. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a few of the answers. It was Jamie Jones. Yes. <laughs> and finally, can you name any of our League Cup opponents that season? 2009 10. Who did we play in the League Cup? Ipswich? 
No, we played Stoke City and obviously <laughs> lost because we only played one game. So, Paul, right. Paul Kitson, I think, scored. Well done. One, two, yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Four, five. Five and a half, Darren. That's not bad. I think you're up there with Dulcet Dave. That's no. good. Yeah, that's, that, a, that's, that's a great a effort. effort. That's Very a great well, effort. Well, we've got, we, we got last year's runner-up to come now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that might change. <laughs> that might change. Okay, then, Jamie. You okay. can choose your decade. Let's go to the 80s, then. Well, you don't get much of a choice of what questions you get. Right, okay. You have got... Now, Jamie's... I think Jamie's... He's, he's read my mind here. <laughs> you've got 18... Sorry, not 1888. You've got 1988 and 89. Oh. Right, okay. So, for, for future contestants, just think about if you want to go 60s, 70s, 80s, they're quite iconic seasons. Okay. You ready, Jamie? Yeah, let's go. What position did we finish? Bonus point to name the title winners in 88, 89. Right, I think we finished fifth. No. Okay, that's fine. Who, who went in to win the title? Oh, God. Uh, not Scumthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> no. no uh, okay, that's. Uh, Rotherham. Yes. Recovered it well. Yeah. That was point one. Go on. Who was the manager this season? Frank Clark. Yes. What colour kit and who were our sponsors? Uh, red kit. Yeah. Uh, Comet roofing. Yes. Quite an iconic kit, that one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah. Okay, we come on to how many games did we play in the FA Cup and name the first round opponents a point for each? Well, we only played three and we went out to Enfield. Yeah, maximum points there. Well done. Who won the FA Cup that season? Uh, Liverpool. Yeah, beat Everton, Merseyside Cup yeah, final. 3-2. Showing his metal here, Darren, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd so wish I'd gone 89. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to make more 80s questions up there, though. Okay, we come to what was the average league attendance at Brisbane Road? Obviously rounded up or down to the nearest 100. Half a point available if either side you're 100 out. And bonus point for naming the team we had the highest attendance against in the league, so it's not including a playoff final. Okay. I'll say about 3,900. You get half a point. It was 3-8. Uh, okay, so um, highest attendance that season. Blimey. Uh, if I had a guess, it's gone for. Yeah, correct. Well done. Last game of the season. Yep. This season, 1988-89, uh, what was our biggest win against? And who against, sorry. Who, who oh. was our biggest win against? I've got me words muddled up. Colchester United, 8-0. Yeah, yep. Uh, John Sin scored. Did he? Yeah. Did, who got the hat-trick? Uh, hat-trick? Alan Hole, I yeah, think, I got a hat-trick, yeah. yeah. Did you see all the 8 nils? Oh, you know what, I have, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah well, not you know, the ones post... The fifties. Yeah, well, we never won eight nil. I think it was a sort of eight two and things like that before. Was that? But it was yeah. three eight. Did you yeah. see one? No, I only saw two of them. Trev. Yeah, same here. I missed. I missed yeah. one. I did the Colchester, the Rochdale one was absolutely uh, hacking it down with rain. I was on the North Terrace and I went home ten minutes early. Mm. Which believe? Because yeah. you knew the points were in the bag. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even 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 Rochdale, I don't think could have fought back. <laughs> okay, so in this season. 88-89 who was the top scorer lead goals only and bonus point for the correct amount uh, Alan Comfort yep 
I think he got 19. Oh, one out. That's a great effort. Okay, name the goalkeeper who made the most appearances this season. Paul Heald, he's our shield. He knows the songs as well. (laughs) And also in 1988-89, we had a good run in the League Cup. Name any one of our opponents that year. Uh, Aldershot, Stoke and Ipswich. Yeah, you only get one point. Oh, okay, <laughs> just a chance for my arm a little. You're so, showing so off. So last year, <laughs> so one of last year's favourites is. But is, is I didn't. I didn't go to the penalty shootout at Stoke, much to no. my. Um, oh, we're well, we mark him down a point for not going. There? <laughs> yeah. You weren't one of the sort of the 81 fans or something, went, didn't he? Because that game preceded the the eight nil. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So there you go. Right, let's have an add up. I need more fingers here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine and a half. Done really well with the bonus points there, Jamie. So, uh, Thank you very much. I will add you to the leaderboard. Thank you. Both done very well. You, you're both much. up there in the top three. So, uh, so uh, thoroughly can... enjoyed that. So if anybody wants to get involved in this, you see how the, uh, the competition's going. And so we can have plenty more questions on the 60s, 70s, 80s and forward. And we'll uh, take it for now. I was going to ask you, and uh, what is the leaderboard at the moment? Um, well, you only want to ask because you're, no. you're, you're leading, Jamie. <laughs> <Charlie. laughs> that's, 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 that's. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're up there in the top and uh, in joint second are uh, Darren and, and, and Dave Victor. And Dave Victor's yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're giving a mention to Jimbo. I think I can't remember. We are only on week two, though, Trevor, aren't we? Well, <laughs> well Dave last time only got one. And he he, he was did, good, and was I got three, so yeah. I've, I've nearly doubled. Um, yeah. So, but with the bonus points in it, it's going to make a good shake up. And so. uh, have, have we got anyone lined up for next week, or are we appealing for uh, punters to phone in? Well, we want as many people to try and come in as more. Uh, we're leaving it down to Andy to to get people in. He's got a list, and we should actually say get well soon, Andy, shouldn't we? Cause yes, because he's, he's not here. He's, he's, had, he's had, a, had an operation. He's had his knees done. So, so uh, yeah, so he's. Um, I hope you're feeling well, Andy, when you're listening. Yeah, coming back to form, as they say. <laughs> Well, I actually think we've only got a few more minutes to go. Um, I, th- I think the club have announced a open day on the 24th of July. Yeah, it's my birthday. So, uh, well, happy birthday for the 24th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you going to pop over and... I may wander down the road here yeah, and have a look. They, they, they are quite well supported. I remember taking Liam many years ago and he, he, he sat in the, the North Stand... And you can get your picture taken by the team. I suggest something like that's on it. Well worth doing. I mean, I think it was that year, Ben Chorley's year and all that. So I was getting a bit of stick. Aren't you coming in with him and all that? I don't know. You go and sit in the front. But yeah, and no, it's great for the kids. And uh, it, hopefully they get the weather and they, they get the turnout they deserve. I mean, obviously uh, you get to meet the players and... Richie Wellings is going to be there, so he said on Twitter. Yeah, you, yeah you've stolen my fun of there, Trev. Uh, no, no, not at all, mate, not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the great thing is that we can put that one to bed now, uh, Jamie, can't we, that yeah. the uh, gaffer's going to be our gaffer. Yes. And uh, I don't think there's an Orient fan out there that, that is not grateful that, that we've got Wellings at the wheel and, and you know, super Richie Wellings. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I, th- I think... Uh, Especially with what Martin Ling was saying earlier, I think we can look forward to next season with a little bit of a little bit of confidence, don't you think? Yeah, let's hope so. What, what do you two do in the, the close season when you've got no football? Do you just switch off from it, or you 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 updating, or we sign someone? 
one or anything on it? Yeah, no, I'm all over social media on it, Trevor, if I'm brutally honest, looking for updates. Um, I do enjoy the close season. I do enjoy getting out, uh, family holiday, fishing, cricket. Yeah, yeah. So there are, there are, there's an upside. Particularly guys like us three who go to a lot of away games. You invest a lot of time and effort for nine months of the year, and all of a sudden I've got my Saturdays back. I'm not so sure my wife agrees. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but certainly, yeah, a bit, bit of fishing, bit of cricket. Yeah, well, when I wake up on a Saturday, a Saturday morning and find a paintbrush at the bottom of the stairs, it's always a sign that you know, the, the wife knows that the football's over for a, a few weeks and it's like time to get busy with it. But yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Darren. I, you know, I'm looking at the fi- cricket fixtures and a little bit of fishing if I can get in there and... You know, just generally going out and about time at town and doing stuff that, you know, non-football people normally do. But um, I think we kind of need the rest, don't we? I mean, it's it's nine months full-on dedication to mm. full of the O's or any club. And, you know, you just need a little time to recharge your batteries. And suddenly that week in June comes along, you think, fixtures are out. Mm. You know, and, I, and I'm Trevor will be scanning them, seeing which, you know, which away games are going to be on his hit list early well, doors. Well, yeah, well... I'm actually going to see the first game of the season probably for the first time in 20 years because I generally have my uh, summer holiday when we start and so I'm following it from generally the continent via Twitter and you're sort of missing that and you see all the pictures in the evening of everybody dancing around at Salford uh, in the sunshine you think oh I wish I was there my wife did my wife got into the habit of booking the first week of August for us uh, last week of July first week of August and um, I missed the first game of the season like you Trev for many many a season and and, and, um, yeah I'm with you I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to being there on the opening day wherever it'll be Um, and and generally generally it's a nice hot sunny day isn't it it's the opening day of the season generally and um, yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait already. No, I can't. I can't wait. And uh, with a bit of luck, we'll have um, a fantastic season to remember by the time it all comes to a close. <laughs> Speaking of coming to a close, I think we'll uh, draw a veil on proceedings. Um, we'll have a few more victims lined up next week. I'm sure of the quiz. But finally, here we go. Uh, well, that's about it for this week. Can I say a huge thanks to Darren and Trevor for coming in? Pleasure. And Nick on the buttons for getting me through the show. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I get well soon. We've said I, get, I, get, I know I get well soon to Andy Gilson after his knee surgery. That's it from us. Good night and up the O's. We're not a city, we're not a town. We're the only one of us around. And you know where we can be found when Saturday comes again. We'll be trying to do our best to cheer our bows up. We're the best Whatever challenge Whatever test We're late and Orient from E10 Late and Orient from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 Clancy Orient and so begun The old story and on it runs We're late and Orient from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're late and Orient from E10 Late and Orient from E10 
This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our this On the hour across Brentwood and Billericay This is Phoenix FM News